Hello and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening and I hope you're having a great day. My name is Liam from Reach Interactive and during the show I chat with marketers on a range of topics that cover things like SEO, content marketing, paid ads, social media and more. I'm really excited to get started with today's episode because we are breaking a record. We are going to have three guests on the show at the same time. So I'm going to be joined by Ashley O'Neill, Jessica Dodds and Jim Kerr who are all volunteers at the Chartered Institute of Marketing on the Yorkshire Board. So super excited, and I'm looking forward to introducing them all in a moment. And one really cool thing about this episode is that while they're all on the CIM Board, they also work at different companies in different sectors. So all three of them are going to be able to share unique insights and experiences. So we're going to get a wide range of sort of insights and and approaches to marketing. Just before we do get started... One challenge that we are going to have during this episode is that we have four people speaking and only 20 minutes, so it will be quite tough. So what we've decided to do is that we are going to publish two episodes, one this week and then one next week on Wednesday the 23rd of December. Podcasts will then take a week off and come back with a new episode in the new year on the 6th of January. We are also recording on smartphones today, which is something that we haven't done in a while. So please excuse us if there is a bit of background noise or interference on occasion. So let's not waste any more time. Hey, Ashley, Jim and Jess, thanks for joining us. Could you all give us a quick introduction, please? Hi, I'm Ashley. Um, Thanks for the introduction, Liam. Um, So I'm UK Head of Marketing uh, for a company called Proactis, and I'm also Events and Communications Ambassador on the CIM Yorkshire Board. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm the Vice Chair of Events at the CIM Yorkshire Board, and I'm also Head of Marketing at Networks. Hi guys, I'm Jim Kerr. I'm Vice Chair on the Yorkshire Board for Communications and I am Senior Campaign and Digital Manager for Kingston Unity Friendly Society. Awesome. So we are going to get started and talk about brand strategy as well as how to help customers realise the value of your business. So stay tuned. So let's talk about brand strategy then. I have a few questions that I've planned, but we may just bounce off each other and have an open conversation. So firstly, I think it would be a good idea to start on a basic level and cover the difference between brand and branding, and then maybe to add an extra layer to that. How can companies define their brand values? I think branding is more of the process to achieving a brand and the visual exploration of a brand, such as the logo and assets used to define the content. But your brand actually is just so much more than your logo. Your brand is an emotion and how your clients and prospects feel. And your values demonstrate your tone of voice, what you stand for and what you represent for your customers. Your brand is also what your employees buy into and why they become part of your story or or narrative, really. So your brand values are what you and your company represent. They are the compass in your brand narrative and the guide to the decisions and messaging you are making with your brand, whether it's being fierce and bold or empathetic and supportive. What do you think, Ashley? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, Jess. And I think to kind of build on that, in, in my mind, as you mentioned, brand for me is kind of the perception of your company in the minds of um, your customers, your your colleagues, um, as you say. And branding is, I guess, how you want to be perceived. So it's the messaging and, and the visual identity that you're pushing out. And I think it's really important that they marry up 
So you can think your brand is one thing, but if a customer and you know the external world think another, that's where you get a jar and there's not the authenticity there. I think it's incredibly important in the society we live in, especially at the minute, that trust and authenticity are, are vital and people are taking that more into consideration than ever before, before they're making a, a purchase or a buying decision. And I think we've seen even more so during this last eight months that people are looking to relate to and be part of brands that have that sort of connection, that value that they have at the same time. Um, so important, really well put, Ashley. Yeah, great answer from you both there. And I really liked how you defined the relationship between brand and branding, Ashley. So now that we know more about branding and how to identify and define our core values, how can we as marketers ensure that our customers realize the value that we are providing to them? So I think, yeah, that's that's a really good link to, to what we were discussing just then. I think particularly now, it's really important to differentiate yourself in the marketplace with, with the value that you're offering. Um, so it links to, you know, the, the total cost of ownership. When somebody purchases a, pr- a product or, or service from your company, they're paying a price for that product and service. Um, but to differentiate yourself from a competitor, you need to show, you know, value and what you're offering above and beyond other people. You know, that's where I guess the, the extra care that somebody will get after a purchase. So, you know, in, in, in our business, um, you know, I'm, I'm B2B, it's, it's the after sales care, it's the customer support, how easy it is to contact people. It's the implementation process of, of software and, and how easy that is and how much engagement there is between our organization and the buying organization to make sure that that's tailored correctly and, and is fit for purpose. It's ongoing training and support for customers through their account managers or our professional services team. It's all that stuff that adds value and creates that um, longevity and loyalty so that hopefully you'll kind of get that repeat custom as well with people. I think that's so important right now. Yeah, I would completely agree with Ashley there. I think um, in, in terms of a company's values, it's incredibly easy to apply lip service However, when it comes to actually implementing the values and meaning what, you, what a company says, that is not a, a simple application in its purest form. I think a, a good way for businesses to identify how they can improve on their brand values and how they can make sure that their customers appreciate their brands beyond just the service and products they provide is understanding the pain points um, that a customer might have. Now, you can do this through many of different techniques such as social listening or something simple as sending out um, inquiry forms or reviewing transcripts on a live chat. But I think ensuring that you can identify those pain points and align them to your brand values to make sure you're achieving above and beyond what the customer expects, that, that's where the challenge lies. It's really easy just to, to come out with a company's values and then no one align the actual mission of a business to it. Absolutely. Continuing that, as you say, after a sale. So it's it's not just, oh, these are our values and this is what's going to make you buy our product or service. It's then continuing that post-sale to keep proving that brand, essentially. Really living and breathing it as opposed to just writing it down and documenting it for the sake of having some values. No, I completely agree, Jim. And one of the biggest challenges of branding, I think, is that it's okay to sort of write all your values and your uh, strategic goals down on a brand book or a piece of paper or perhaps a Google document, for example, or wherever they might be. But then using them to transform how your company operates and the way that you are perceived is the big challenge. And I think alongside that, consistency is also challenging too. I think it's difficult to get everyone on board in your entire organization to ensure that you've sort of delivering the same message and that everything really is on point and follow the, follows those steps correctly. 
So how can we ensure that everyone is invested from sales and marketing right down to your HR, your accounts team, the people that answer the phone, for example? For me, it's it's making sure that everybody's kind of bought into the brand and that what we say we stand for, we genuinely do both internally and externally. And it all needs to line up. So I think it's really important that people understand the brand, get behind it and genuinely like believe it. I think people have to be taken on the journey to be part of the story and the narrative. They have to be shown the way. And I think that's just as important internally as it is externally so that they do buy in, like you say, Ashley. Um, a few different things that you could be doing if you're refreshing the brand or bringing people on that journey is doing like internal town hall meetings, having like a centralised brand hub with like assets and resources so that people across the entire company can get access to that information. And I've done things like that on Microsoft uh, SharePoint and I've done it on Google Sites so that there's a central place for people to go to get that material and to read about it. But it's not just about giving them the resources like you said it's taking them on that journey so that they feel part of the story and the narrative for the business they're not just a it's not just a guideline to follow or a tick box exercise they actually buy into the, the culture as of the brand values like you say and that they understand I guess their the role that they're playing in that as well mm-hmm. yeah I think having that central learning center really does make a difference just going back to last week's episode really quick, for example, we were joined by Jack Sperry from BTEE and PlusNet, and we talked about implementing a company-wide SEO strategy. And what they do at BT and EE and PlusNet is they have a big central learning platform that their employees can access at any time, and it has lots of great educational content on there. And Jack explained that that's working really well for his team, so I definitely agree that getting something together that your team can view and go through step-by-step will make a big difference. And I think you can do that regardless of how big you are as a company. So even if you're just a small team of maybe four or five people, it's still important to record your brand and your processes down so that everyone has access whenever they need them. So let's say that a company has worked hard to improve their brand. Everyone is on board internally. How can they then monitor success and maybe identify how customers are finding them and look to make improvements in the future? One of the most effective ways to identify if your long-term efforts when it comes to your brand value proposition and when it comes to monitoring them and understanding if that's been successful and that would be your net promoter score. It's very easy to openly rely on data-driven marketing and your quantitative assessment of your marketing, particularly in the short term. However, in the long term, referring back to what Ashley was talking about when it comes to like long-term customer retention and that post-product service experience, nothing beats qualitative assessment. And that could be things such simply simple things such as focus groups. It could be referring to the net promoter scores, or it could be simple things such as just post-service questionnaires. From experience, that element of feedback is much more valuable in the long term when it comes to understanding if you are meeting the brand values that you um, you are shouting about. They really help with the sentiment, don't they? That qualitative assessment. I still think there are things that you can gain from using like a good CRM so you can track back attribution. Uh, We do quite a lot of exercises around understanding the origin of a contact and working back for all the different touch points um, that they've been through and the marketing that they've received over a period of time that have sort of pushed them over the edge because that could take you know, depending on the business that you're in and what you're selling, and we're in a service business, it might be that people are in a three-year contract and it's taken three years to get them back into our boardroom to have a discussion about getting some software, for example. 
I think there's a, it's a mixture of the two to build that picture. And as you said at the beginning, Jim, it's very difficult to measure brand. It's, it feels quite an intangible thing. It's like an experience. It's emotional and immersive. It's very difficult to, to measure how successful you've been on those ventures. But I think over time, if you track over a long period, as opposed to some of the shorter term metrics, you do get a picture of the upward trajectory of the, the responses you're getting. Um, so your messaging to the, the different changes in visual appearance, your tone of voice, etc., which gives you a good idea that if you're moving in the right direction uh, or not. Yeah, I would completely agree with you there, Jess. I think you, you highlighted a really interesting part that when it comes to attribution modeling, I would massively advocate that, particularly when it comes to identifying key channels that have been successful for certain key messages. Attribution modeling for me in particular is absolute gold dust when it comes to identifying like your segmentation, your targeting and your positioning strategy. And of course, this is this is a crucial element when it comes to understanding if your brand has been successful or not. So yeah, I would completely agree with you there, Jess. Just to build on that as well, we we use something similar. I think it, it works for both, as you say, for branding, uh, brand awareness, and also for lead gen as well. So we use um, our CRM system to to track the different touch points in our customer journey. So we're a B two B software business, so you know sales cycles can can vary. They can be really long, and it's it's not really viable to expect us to be able to track you know one particular email that's then created a sale. Um, so we would set those up as kind of points in that journey and track them, over, overlay that onto an opportunity so we can see the different touch points that have influenced that opportunity. And we can kind of then work out if a certain marketing campaign, how much potential or, you know, generated revenue that has actually touched by, by looking at that. So we've got lots of dashboards and reports that we can use to kind of monitor that. So I think that's really useful. I think that's a, a really important point that you made, Ashley, and sort of goes back to a, an earlier question, which was around understanding where we can monitor consistency and how we can map where different touch points are. And if people were to look at the full customer journey, I think some people call it a sales playbook, you know, map out the different stages that people go through over a period of time, they would be the, the key places and the vital places to start to look at the branding, to look at where where that messaging needs to be tweaked if you are evolving the brand. And let's not forget that brands do evolve um, over time. It's not a, a static thing that you sit down and you decide your values and you move on. How you present those values, the messaging, the tone of voice, the visuals will evolve over time. So this is a, an ongoing, continuous piece of improvement that will continue forevermore and it's not static so you'll be constantly reviewing that playbook and that journey and experience using the feedback and the reporting and the attribution modeling for example to weave it back in yeah absolutely would agree with that um interesting point you just made there jess in terms of evolving and the need to adapt um, i'm really interested to see how marketing professionals evolve and adapt when it comes to changes to third-party cookies that is coming up because that when it comes to understanding customer journeys and touch points particularly when it comes to understanding if your key messaging is working it will be very interesting to see how marketers are able to adapt to um, a limitation when it comes to using third-party cookie tracking yeah some really great points there again one of the key things that i took is that you do need to keep evolving and things won't happen overnight but keep using those metrics and tools to be able to determine what's working well and how you can improve as well so I'm going to ask one final question in this section as we're getting short on time. Let's say that hypothetically all three of you are starting to consult for a new business or a new startup in the future to maybe improve their overall marketing efforts and brand image. 
what are some of the things that you would do and maybe focus on first to help them achieve that improvement? I think it's really important when you when you are building a brand is to understand you know how where you get those ideas from in the first place. When you are working on the brand values, you look at the vision and the mission statement of the company, what they're trying to achieve, what they think and what they've researched that their customer or prospects will want to receive from them and as a brand and weave that in with customer feedback, maybe with competitor analysis too, to understand what their weaknesses are in the market that they, they're addressing. And um, so you get a full picture for what that brand needs to to represent and fully appraise how it's been, you know, if it's a, a new startup, how they've evolved so far and why where their origin was from, what what they why they started, where they thought the gap in the market was, and that needs to be part of uh, those brand values that they've they've made up or you're making up um, for their for their marketing. I'd agree with that, Jess. And um, just to pick up what you said about competitors, I want to understand the competitor landscape and kind of get under the skin of not only what they're what they're offering, um, but what their branding or um, brand is like to try and make sure that we differentiate and don't do a me too strategy. Um, particularly in the current climate, I think me too isn't really going to cut it. You need to kind of show yourself to be yeah, doing what the com- competition's doing, but better and with added value around that. Yeah, I would agree with that definitely. That blue, that blue ocean thinking is so vital when it comes to trying to identify a differentiation. I think it's also when I've had to go into um, new companies, um, either freelance or internally, I always challenge internal stakeholders to see if they can tell me the vision of the mission and the mission of the company. And sometimes it's quite surprising how limited the internal buy-in currently is. And therein lies the foundation to build on. That's a really good point, Jim. I think um, a couple of the times where I've been reviewing brand values in, in organisations, I've actually interviewed a variety of different staff members to, to try and understand what they think the company stands for, um, not just the, like the senior management, because there's usually, well, there can be a bit of a, a gap between what they, they think they stand for and what actually they do stand for and it's sort of making sure that it's consistent and everyone's brought on that journey and um, as they, they're going out to market especially important with the startup yeah that's a really interesting place to close out this main section i think as we're approaching the end of the year and moving into 2021 i think it would be a great time for senior marketers and business owners that are listening to maybe ask your teams what they think about your brand and what it stands for and what you're working towards and and what the ultimate goal is. And if there are any misalignments or if anyone's not quite sure, then it gives you a chance to fix that at a really good time because it's the start of the year and you can ensure that everyone's got the same objectives and that your brand strategy and your goals are clearly defined for everyone. So with that said, we are going to close out this main section right here. You've all provided some really helpful insights on branding, customer value realization and attribution. So with that said, we are going to close out this week's episode with one quick question that I'll be asking to Jim, Ashley and Jess. So stay tuned. So we usually finish episodes with two questions that I ask to our guests. Firstly, I ask everyone for a fun or memorable story, and then I move on to a favorite marketing resource that could help us. Since it's going to take a bit longer with there being three of you, I'm going to ask one of those questions today and then the other one during our episode next week. So this week, I'm going to be asking for your favorite marketing resource, please. So it could be a book, plugin, newsletter or blog that you might read that you think might help our audience. I use um, Smart Insights quite a bit to bring people on the journey um, internally. I think it's a great, useful resource. 
for being able to to showcase and demonstrate visually to other members of the the company and um, different aspects of digital marketing my absolute go-to blog is one by brian dean from backward co i really like his conversational tone and it's always very up-to-date and very relevant okay um mine isn't strictly speaking a marketing resource but it's a book that i personally found really useful and it's stuck with me i'm not the best at um non-fiction books but this is one that that has really uh, resonated with me and that's the chimp paradox by steve peters the concept around that is around managing your emotional response and bringing it you know in line with more of a rational response and that's really helped me in terms of developing you know leadership skills influencing skills being able to get collaborative working with people rather than like a defensive reaction um so yeah that's something that i've really found useful yeah that's great thanks for sharing those um three different and very unique resources with us it's also interesting that you mentioned Smart Insights, Jess, because that's the first ever industry blog that I came across. I think we did a digital marketing module when I was at university and I had to uh, write some coursework around their framework on their website. So that's really interesting that you mentioned that. I did actually have a chance to check out the CIM website before we started recording too. And it was really cool to see that there's lots of educational content on there for marketers that I wasn't aware of. So that's definitely something that I'll be checking out in the future. So with that said, we are going to close out the first of our two episodes right here. Thank you to Jim, Jess and Ashley for joining us on the show and to everyone that has given this episode a listen. If you do break up for the holidays this Friday, then I hope you have a wonderful time off and we'll see you in the new year. We'll also be back next week again with Jess, Ashley and Jim with more of a top level discussion around planning for 2021, some practical tips and tools that you can use. And we're also just going to have a bit of fun and talk about our favorite campaigns of the year and things like that. So be sure to give that one a listen as it is our last show of the year. I'm looking forward to getting it out next week.